What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the I'm Tell Like T.I. Is podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a good show here for you on the 10th of March, Wednesday, the year 2021. Get into Dak Prescott, uh, give you a couple of thoughts on the NBA All-Star Game. I'll give you my two cents on that on this Meghan Markle, Harry, whatever his last name is, uh, mess with Oprah on Sunday night. And I'll touch on uh, Myers Leonard and what he uh, said on his little uh, asinine Twitch uh, stream the other day. But uh, good to have you uh, listening, lady, the, uh, the tens of you out there. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but good, uh, good to have you all listening. We will start with the biggest news in sports uh, of the week so far, and that is the fact that Dak Prescott, the uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, franchise quarterback, you know, after we've essentially spent uh, what like two years, uh, two years discussing, uh, you know, will where where he where he will go, where when he will leave the team, will he get an extension, will he get a contract, this that. And so long two years, and thank God we don't have to go through another. Uh, I mean, technically it's still winter, although here after we've had essentially brutal weather for about a month, February was absolutely brutal in the Mid Atlantic, Northeast, and part of the United States. Uh, but as at the time I'm recording this right now, it's it's a sunny 64 degrees here in uh here in Maryland it was how it was uh it was it was a beautiful day outside uh, today beautiful day it was 68 on Tuesday it was in the 50s on uh Monday it'll, it'll get as high, it'll get as warm as 74 degrees on Thursday and 66 on uh and 66 on Friday as I believe the first day of spring is uh not this upcoming Sunday but the but the weekend after the one that that's uh, coming up, and don't forget daylight savings on a Sunday to put your clocks back an hour forward, so you'll get to see the sunlight uh, after seven o'clock, which is always a great thing because you know you're getting closer and closer towards the springtime. But it's, but I digress. I bring but I digress. We don't have to spend another summer and another spring because we're technically still in the because uh, te- we're technically still in winter. Uh, we don't have to spend another, you know, another essentially off season having, you know, weren't talking about Dak Prescott's whereabouts as the he and the Cowboys agreed to a four year, $160 million contract extension. They put the tag on them. Uh, he, they put the tag on them about a day or so ago. So they don't have to place it. So they don't have to place the franchise tag on them ever again. Uh, Dak bet on himself. It looked like in the short term that he lost because he ended up breaking his he ended up breaking his ankle against the Giants back in October. But it 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 him being out for Dallas in twenty twenty, outside the fact that of course their defense was horrendous. Zeke Elliott is shot, and Mike McCarthy is not a big time NFL head coach. It it also exposed how desperately granted this Dak Prescott, you know, Troy Aikman or Roger Staubach. No, but it exposed how badly how how badly the Dallas Cowboy offense 
needs Dak Prescott to be a part of it in order for it to run properly and to put up points on the board and be product and be productive on a week in week out basis. And you know, and I was listening to sports talk radio earlier, you know, throughout the week like I normally do when I heard uh, heard one guy call up and say, "Well, Dak Prescott is essentially Andy Dalton." Now, hold on now, take it from take it from me, who's been a Bengals fan for the last what uh, fifteen years or so. Take it from me, who's a Bengals fan that goes back with Carson Palmer. Take it from me that has cried many a tears, who has cried many a tears, thrown many of things, who has cussed many of word, many of cuss words in his life under his breath over Cincinnati Bengals playoff games where Andy Dalton completely, uh, for lack of a better term, crapped his pants and, and, and didn't bother to, and, and, and did not show up when it mattered most in, in a big spot. So Dak Prescott, granted, is he, granted, is he top 10 quarterback in the league? No, but he, but he does give the Dallas Cowboys a better chance to win than Andy Dalton does. And for what it's worth, Dak Prescott has, has, I think, think it, it, well one is better than any number Andy Dalton has he has a playoff win under his belt something that Andy Dalton who's been in the league since 2011 Dak Prescott been in the league since 2016 does not have so be so take it for what it is worth he did throw in his short season in 2020 68 uh he had a 68 completion percentage 68 percent completion percentage due for nine touchdowns four interceptions Two-time Pro Bowler, won Rookie of the Year when the Dallas Cowboys had the, I believe, the number two seed uh, in the uh, NFC in 2016 when their defense collapsed all over themselves and uh, allowed Aaron Rodgers to throw that miracle pass down the left sideline to, uh, I forget the guy's name, uh, Jared Cook. Thank you. See, look at my brain work. To Jared Cook down the left sideline, an absolutely miracle catch that put up, that put uh, that put them within Mason Crosby's range to kick a uh, to kick a game-winning field goal and to send uh, Dallas home and to send the and to send the Green Bay Packers to the uh, to the uh, NFC Championship game that year, but. Dak Prescott, you know, who, like I said, not top, not top 10 quarterback in the league, in my opinion. You know, Mahomes, no. Watson, no. Uh, Allen, no. Uh, Brady, no. Rodgers, no. Um, who else? Lamar Jackson, no. Baker Mayfield. I, I think Baker Mayfield's a little bit better than Prescott myself. Uh... Tannehill, you can flip a coin, honestly. Uh, better, uh, he's better than once. Now he is. Um, trying to think. Uh, I'm not going to count Burrow. I'm not going to count Tua. Uh, let's see. Better than Gar? Probably. Is he better than... Herbert, well, he's going off for one year, but I don't know. I, I'll throw the rookies out, but he's not. My point is, he's not top five. You know, he's. I put it to you this way: he's the second highest paid quarterback in the league behind Patrick Mahomes. He is not the second best uh, quarterback in the National Football League who should be making that kind of money. He's not better than Russell Wilson. I, I was drawing blanks on the names, but he's not better than those guys. He's a good. He's a very good. Not great, not awesome, not superstar, but he is a very good 
franchise quarterback who needs what and this is where the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones are going to uh are, are going to uh bite the are going to have to bite the bullet here you know the granted granted they could have signed him earlier for a lot more but at, but in hindsight because they have because they have Amari Cooper locked up and because they have um and because they have Zeke Elliott, you know, and and Grant, and I understand that, uh, and I understand that uh, that you know the Cowboys were at a certain place in time about a year or about two years ago, where they were where they were, um, you know, all they needed was Zeke Elliott, and they could have made a Super Bowl run. But of course, the Cowboys, being the Cowboys, came up short, and Zeke, you know, holding out and. And then and, and going to Cabo and it's it's just it was like a, it's a complete huge mess. And Zeke Elliott's contract that they signed about a few years ago is really came back to bite the Cowboys in the ass because they because if you've learned anything watching the 2020 Cowboys, outside of the fact that they need Dak Prescott North for in football games, their defense is absolutely horrendous. So they can have Dak sign and have him back play the full 16 games off of that off of his surgically repaired ankle. And Zeke can essentially look like his rookie self from 2016, and Amari Cooper can look like Michael Irvin. But what good is it? What good is it if your def- if your defense stinks? Now, if you're a team that's rebuilding, that's one thing. But the Dallas Cowboys are not fans of rebuilding. They think, along with their asinine, along with their uh, their delusional fan base, they think every year on a year and year out basis that they can compete and that they are su- and that they are uh, Super Bowl contenders. So, and let me just read you their opponents in 2021. I, you know, if you don't have a defense, if you don't have a, if you don't have a defense, you're abs- you're cooked. Let's you know, let's look at the uh, Dallas Cowboys opponents here. You know, okay, okay, the Eagles won't be that good. Washington's got a good Washington's got a good defense, but their offense isn't all that, so they they should be okay. Granted, I believe, granted Dallas got absolutely destroyed by Washington this past season. Thanksgiving, when they I don't know what the hell that performance was on Thanksgiving, where Dallas got absolutely ran out of the building by Washington on Thanksgiving. Um, but let's look. Let's look at your. Let's look at their opponents here. You know they got to play. Uh, they got to play the Raiders who score. They got to play the Raiders at home who score a lot of points. Their defense stinks too and can't close second half of the season. But they. But they. You know they. What did they put up? Uh, you know they put. They managed to put up thirty plus points against 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 the Chiefs in the two games they played against them. Now not to say now the Chiefs defense isn't all that great either. But the Raiders can put up points if you allow if you allow them to. Arizona's got Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. You know they're going to put up some points. They got absolutely destroyed by Arizona uh, on on that uh, Monday night in October. They play them again at AT and T. You know they're, they're, it's going to essentially be a deja vu when they end up playing the Cardinals, whenever that is in 2021. You go to their road schedule. They play the they play the Saints. Now, now, you know who knows. Granted, Alva Kamara is still there. The Saints. The news came out that the Saints released Emmanuel Sanders, but they still got Alva Kamara, and they still have Michael Thomas. So, for what it's worth, 
And uh, you got, and plus, we still don't know whether Drew Brees is going to hang it up or if he is indeed going to come back for another season. But if Drew Brees does, the Saints can put up points just by handing the ball off and giving Alvin Kamara the ball. You know, 75% of the time, the Saints are going to put up points. The Bucks, you can forget it because Brady is just going to cut up that defense left and right. They got Godwin, they got Godwin back. Uh they got Godwin back and then of course Bray and Gronk, deadliest combination in the history of the sport, they're gonna put up points. And then you know, they play the two teams that participated in this past Super Bowl. And they got the Bucks on the road in Tampa and they got the Chiefs at Arrowhead who is who is gonna give Dallas an absolute hell, hell on the offensive side of the football, you know, they, they, you know, so there, and then, and then they play the Chargers with Herbert, who, who had, a, who had one of the best rookie seasons you're ever going to see in the history of the National Football League, and they got the, and then they got to play the Vikings, where Dalvin Cook essentially is just going to run, run up and down the field nine thousand times, and Kirk Cousins, you know, uh, throws a little slant pattern at Justin Jefferson and, and let Justin Jefferson go crazy. So, and in the seventeenth game, supposedly they play New England Patriots, so they'll get a little, little bit of a break there. But if the Dallas Cowboys, who want to compete, to win the division, who want to compete to potentially, in their delusional minds, win a Super Bowl, they need a defense to do it. And when you are hovering around that eight and eight-ish, that mediocrity-ish range, you get a you know you get a draft pick middle of the first round. And there are going to be teams that are closer to winning Super Bowls than the Cowboys are that are going to, you know, that are going to want to trade up to get the middle first round pick. And you can't, and 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 they're in cap hell enough as it is. It just came out this morning that the cap that the cap has fallen a significant amount of dollars because of because of the money loss with the pandemic and everything else so the cap is has decreased from what it was you know this time in uh, 2020 not to mention the fact that you can only rebuild you know your defense so much through the draft you know, you can you only you're good for you're good for one player in the draft. And the players that are gonna be there for Dallas Cowboys to be had on the defensive side of the football, they could be gone by the time the twenty by the time the the, the you know the uh the twentieth or the twenty third or the twenty second or the eighteenth pick of the draft comes time for you know for the Cowboys. I don't know where they draft this uh, this year, I could look it up. But you but you gotta be on but you gotta be honest. Their coach is not that good. I think we've all. I think we, you know, we all know how much Aaron Rodgers' talent masked up, uh, you know, masked up uh, Mike McCarthy's uh, lack of ability to coach. Zeke. Now, granted, he could come out in 2021, like, <clears throat> excuse me, could come out in 2021 looking like Emmett Smith, but. But, you know, your guess is as good as mine, whether he does or not. So ever since he got that money, you know, he just he just quite frankly doesn't give a damn about about putting up solid numbers and and when winning and help and being the beneficiary cause of help winning the Dallas Cowboys football games. And like I said, the defense is horrendous. So they're in cap hell. They win. You know, they don't they don't flat out stink because they don't tank. So they're not. So they don't get high draft picks. They're not. They don't. They don't get high draft picks. 
and their defense, and they're in cap hell, and they really can't afford that many people via free agency. So I understand. And granted, the quarterback position, you know, you can't win. You can't win without a franchise quarterback, especially long term. I understand that. But but if anyone won this deal, it was Dak. He gambled on himself, and ended up winning, and and secured the bag. And now he's the second highest paid deal. Obviously, not as long as Mahomes, but he's right now he's the second highest paid quarterback in the National Football League. So if anyone won this deal, it was Dak Prescott, not the Dallas Cowboys. Granted, the price probably could have been a lot steeper if they would have signed him earlier than what they did than a couple of days ago. But 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 it is you know that with the Cowboys, their hands are tied now. They can't go out. They can't go out there and and spend big bucks free agency. They can't do it. They're in cap hell. Why quarterback? Running back, wide receiver, three highest paid players on the team, Amari Cooper, Zeke, who's done nothing ever since he got that big-time contract, and Dak. So, so the Dallas Cowboys are in a tricky spot here. And again, I understand, you know, Dak, uh, Dak Prescott is no scrub. He's not an all-time great ally Aikman or Starback either. And I understand you can't win or can't even think about winning in the NFL unless you have that franchise quarterback and have and have his um and have his spot on roster secured for the long term. But you know, Dallas Cowboys, even if they make the playoffs and end up sneaking out of the NFC East by division, they're not they're not gonna go anywhere, they're not gonna win anything. Are they better than Tampa? No. Better than Green Bay? No. Better than uh, better than the Rams, regardless if it's Stafford or Goff at quarterback? No. Are they better? Uh, and, and they lost to the Rams Week One last year anyway. And are they better than uh, Are they better than the Saints? Probably not. I mean, I'm going off of them with Drew Brees, but probably probably not. Are they better than the Seahawks? No, are they better than the Cardinals? No, you know, are they better with? Are they better than the Forty ers All, all healthy. Garoppolo, quarterback, ran the girl. Probably a no either. So, and those are, and those are all teams that I just named there. Those are all teams that I would give that I'd give serious consideration to go to the Super Bowl for, long before I ever give the Dallas Cowboys any consideration to go. Those teams that I just named are all better teams. Then the Dallas Cowboys, and in my eyes, in my opinion, in my estimation, have a better shot at going and participating in Super Bowl 56 than the 2021 Dallas Cowboys uh, do. That's just the bottom line. Good for Dak. Happy for him. He, I, I, I like him. He's a, he's a good guy. A great a good guy. Great guy. We all feel bad for him with that horrific injury that occurred back in October. But if anyone won the deal, it's him. Cowboys didn't win it. He did because, you know, because, you know, Dak's making the second highest paid. uh, He's the second highest paid quarterback in the league. And whether you like it or not, he he hasn't played like the second highest paid player in the league. He's better at home than he he is on the road, has won one playoff game, and he just – and he's a type of quarterback that needs an Amari Cooper wide receiver, that needs a Jason Witten, you know, in his prime somewhat, 
that needs Zeke Elliott to lead the league in rushing, which he hasn't done in a long time, and he needs an offensive line in order for Dak to truly excel and to get the Dallas Cowboys to that Super Bowl to that Super Bowl position. But the problem is Amari's taking up helicap room. Zeke hasn't done a damn thing in years. Their defense stinks. Their head coach is terrible. And their offensive line is starting to show some cracks because they're either injured or they've gotten old and they just flat out retired. And like I told you, the Dallas Cowboys do not have what I'd say an easy schedule in 2021. The division, all right. They play the Falcons, okay. Panthers, all right. Broncos, all right. Raiders, all right. Saints, depending on who's that quarterback, you know, they could possibly win that game. But Vikings, Chiefs, Chargers, Vikings, Buccaneers, excuse me, Buccaneers, Chiefs, Chargers, Vikings, and they're not going to sweep their division. They're going to lose, you know, you know, they, I could see them losing to Washington. I could see them losing to the Giants who have a decent defense. What makes you, you know, and though and those are going to be games that could make or break whether or not the Dallas Cowboys make it into the playoffs or not. So, who who knows? Good good for Dak that he got his money, but from a Dallas Cowboy perspective, it's something that you had to do, but but you you'd be a complete fool to think that the way things are going right now for your franchise is you have any chance of winning a Super Bowl within the next, what, four or five years. That's good, not great. But he's getting paid like he is a great quarterback, and we all know that he is not. And the Cowboys, with that contract extension, put themselves deeper in the abyss being in cap hell. And they need to improve, and they and, and they have areas on the team that need improvement, offensive line, and their defense primarily. And they got a guy sitting there, Zeke Elliott, who's you know who prior to Dak signing this contract was the highest paid player on the team, and he hasn't done a damn thing ever since he uh, put pen to paper when he signed the contract a few years back. And and I and I don't like the head coach either. I, I Mike McCarthy ain't a bit, you know, rode on the coattails of Aaron Rodgers' high end talent, and that was it. And and even then, he only got to the Super Bowl one time with Aaron Rodgers. 24, 2014, they choked to Seattle in that championship game. In two thousand sixteen, they got destroyed by Atlanta in a championship game. Lost a playoff game to Colin Kaepernick in two thousand and. Uh, Lost a playoff game on the road to Colin Kaepernick in 2012. You know, even then, okay, he won Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Granted, he only, granted, he only got to, uh, granted, he only got the one. But I could go off on a whole tangent about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and that sort of stuff. But, but like I said, McCarthy and a big time head coach. So, how the Cowboys do remains to be seen. Just getting started. This is the Armatelica TIS podcast. Back right after this. Mm-hmm. Yes, 
Welcome back to the Amateur Lucky TIS podcast. Switching gears now to the NBA for a minute. Um, just to let you all know that uh, if you care, uh, that I was, and before, before I get to that, real quick on Dak, uh, the Dak, Amari Cooper, and Zeke Elliott's cap hits are 50 combined between the three of them. 57, might as well point nine, might as well round it up. $58 million against the cap for the Dallas, for the Dallas Cowboys and the NFC. Uh, the Giants are at 26.3. That's, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's Saquon Barkley's contract and Daniel Jones and Shepard making chump change. Uh, Heineke, McLaurin, and Gibson, 4.2 million. Hertz, Fleglum and Sanders, three point seven million. Dallas Cowboys, their cap hit between Dak, Cooper, Elliott, fifty-seven. Might as well round it up, fifty-seven point nine. Rounded up to fifty-eight million dollars against the cap. That's all you need to know. All you need to know. But switching gears now to. The switching gears now to uh, the NBA. I actually did and raised my hand because I said I wasn't going wasn't going to go anywhere near it. But I raised my hand, and you know what? I'm you know I guilty as charged. I did watch the NBA All Star game from start to finish. Um, the the scoring stuff is a little wacky, but I get. But I understand. But I. You know, it was it wasn't hard for me to learn. Yeah, okay, they, okay, they treat the quarters as individual. Okay, yeah, um, and also it was like unfair because Embiid because Embiid and Durant didn't team didn't play for Team Durant. But holy crap, you know LeBron might have a future of being a GM because boy, boy does he know how how to uh, how to pick talent. You know what I mean? When you, when you have a team with LeBron James, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. On it, just those four alone. When you have a team, LeBron, Steph, Giannis, Damian Lillard, ain't no way in hell you could lose. I understand it's an awesome game. Who cares? But just a quick observation: those four, those four on the same floor, on the same floor, on the same team. And I, you know, so Dame, Dame, and Steph, two guards. Giannis and uh, LeBron, the two forwards, and, you know, pick your center. Jokic, pick your center. Uh, those four, those four, the deadliest quadruple combination in the NBA. Giannis, LeBron, put Giannis power, LeBron, the small forward. Hey, you can have uh, Curry be your shooting guard and Dame be your point guard, and you'll and you'll win yourself uh, sixty plus games in a regular eighty-two game season. You'll win yourself sixty some odd games in your sleep, in your sleep. I mean, Dame and Steph's three-point shooting ability is absolutely phenomenal, positively tremendous, off the charts, impossibly fantastic. And then, and then LeBron and Giannis dominating the paint the way they do. 
I mean, my good. It, it, I tell you, it was, it was. I, I, you know, granted, and it was ridiculous because they played absolutely no defense whatsoever, which you know, which kind of, which be, which be only knock against it because they play absolutely no defense. But it, boy, it was, it was an entertaining two and a half hours to watch them jack up threes from mid court and. It, it, I got it. It was entertaining. The only time I recall watching an All Star game from start to finish was uh, the 2018 one in L.A. where Fergie completely screwed up the national anthem. You know, Fergie take notes from the great uh, Gladys Knight, who did a phenomenal job singing the national anthem. Uh, but you know, I found the NBA. It was great. It was a good way to kill two and a half hours. It was positively entertaining television to watch. Uh, three point contest: Steph Curry, an absolute machine. I mean, this guy. I mean, it's, it's Steph Curry can can shoot threes and can make threes. You know, f- with with his with a bandana over his eyes and and and, and still swish him nothing but net. I mean, he is just he is phenomenal. Absolutely, boy. And I understand. I you know probably gave him a hard time because you know. I, I couldn't stand the Warrior Dynasty because you know they didn't make the league fun, and you know who the best team in the league was. But you know Steph Curry rolling by himself—I mean, it's an absolute treat to watch. Absolute treat to watch the slam dunk contest. You couldn't pick any of those guys that participated in dunk contests out of a lineup. I think now that, and because the three point has become so big in the NBA, I think it's fair to say, and because you had Steph, the superstar, participate in it. I think it's fair to say that the uh, that the three point contest has uh, overshadowed and has overtaken the dunk contest as far as NBA All Star Weekend is concerned. Because I was more into seeing uh, more more into seeing Steph Curry jack up threes uh, than I was uh, than I was the same dunk contest with three no names who I, you know who no one's ever heard of. You know, and then when and when they do have the dunk contest, odds are the wrong guy always wins. You know. I'm still pissed off at uh, Dwayne Wade when he when he rigged it in favor of his ex teammate and robbed um his name slips his name slips my mind at the moment but when he robbed uh the, the guy that had that die, again forgive me for not for uh, missing his name but who uh, the guy who dunked over seven foot Taco Fall. It had many of impressive dunk dunks throughout that contest. Everyone in America was like automatic ten. Dwayne Wade gives him a nine. His ex teammate does some old lame ass boring dunk. Dwayne Wade gives him a ten. His ex teammate wins the tournament or wins the contest. I'm still bothered. I'm still annoyed by that. That that, that it's supposed to be something that's fun and something that we all get into entertainment. Oh, done. But that that that's that's excuse my French. That's that. What Dwayne Wade did last year, I, I don't know whether I brought up last year or not, but but what Dwayne Wade did, excuse my French, that was chicken shit. Yeah, you got you to be. It still it still bothers me how you know how he essentially rigged it in favor of his team, it giving him a nine. I'll piss off Dwayne Wade, will you please? But that that's my two cents on the NBA All Star Game. I got some I got something to say about this Meghan Markle nonsense that I got to get off my chest. Stay tuned for that right after the break.
Welcome back <clears throat> to the I'm Tell Like a T.I.S. podcast. Switching gears now, and this is something. It would have been an all. It would have been a very short show today, uh, and not I've been giving this uh, this uh, ammunition early on a Sunday because you know everyone's been talking about it. It's somehow became a big thing apparently. And I, 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 I got a few thoughts to say about this, and I gotta get it off my chest. Okay, for the and the ratings came out a few days ago that that Meghan Markle Prince Harry interview with Oprah that aired Sunday night up against the All Star Game uh, on CBS did got 17 million people watching it. For the 17 million of you out there, and some of that 17 million are the ones that listen to this program, and yes, I'm talking to you. For the 17 million people out there that wasted two hours watching that interview, you need you, you need to get a life, you need to read a book, a charity, something, you need to find something else better to do with your time. You got to have something, something better to do on a Sunday night in early March than to sit down and dedicate two, and a, two hours of, of your time, which you don't have that much of uh, left left on this earth and, and in this life. Time is a very, very important thing, and it's something that once it's gone, you can't get it back. The fact that 17 million people sat up there and wasted, essentially, wasted two hours of their time watching that need their head examined and need to go find something to do okay let me so first off we're interviewing we're interviewing two people one of which it comes from a royal family that isn't even from america it's 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 an english ordeal you know didn't we find a war Two of them, as a matter of fact. Didn't we fight two wars to free ourselves from British rule? The fact that there are Americans. This is 17 people all, all, all over the world. 17 people over there. In England. This is 17 million people in the United States of America. The fact that Americans still care and are willing to throw away their time about this royal family nonsense is a joke. And we are in 2021, people. We have we we got we we got our own little separate form of government, and we have presidents. We fought we fought two wars, 1812 and Revolutionary. We fought two wars to get ourselves free from British rule and having to worry worry about monarchy monarchies and. Kings and queens and princes and princesses and Dutch and duchesses and all this goobers nonsense. We fought two wars to get ourselves free of that. That's number one. Number two, the fact that there are Americans that give a damn about what the hell goes on in England also also is, is should say something. Guys, read, and for those of you out there, well, what do you expect us to do you know, on a Sunday night early in March? What do you expect us to do? Spend time with your children? Watch a movie? Watch the Biggie documentary on Netflix? Go rewatch The Office for the nine millionth time? There has to be something, something you can do that is more productive and that is more uh, enriching with your in in those in that two-hour gap than sitting down and listening to Meghan Markle and Prince Harry tell us, give us their day-by-day whereabouts about what life was like in England, sitting on sitting in sitting in the backyard on on, on a patio. 
at some Santa Barbara mansion that you or I can never get access to unless we either have the same clout that they do or make the amount of money that Oprah is worth that's about a block from the Pacific Ocean. The fact that there are Americans out there that give a rat's ass about what goes on over in England is also pretty damning. Last time I checked, still in the middle of this pandemic, nearly half, or not nearly, a half a million people have perished at the hands of this virus. We still get many of people unemployed. You know, you know, what do you think, you know, that, that, that the world all of a sudden is a, is a great and happy place right now. Granted, things are better, but better than what they were. I don't, you know, this time last year, you know, when the world shut down, but still, I mean, as the American people that act, the 17 million of you out there that decided to sit down and watch this stuff y'all really really need to need to put your priorities in order and pay attention to what the hell is important no one in america and and the 17 million people of you do you need to go get your get a life or read a book do something i mean holy crap 17 million people watching Meghan markle and prince harry really and another and another thing that i also don't understand the people that went on social media and essentially were aghast and were blown out of their and were and were blown away about how Meghan Markle was poorly treated by the by essentially Prince Harry's family over in England. Talk, getting asked how dark will the baby be and all this other disgusting nonsense. Guys, wake up and open up a history book, will you please? Okay, they're Prince Harry's ancestors were the same people that got on boats that went down to Africa, took my ancestors off their native land, beat them, put them in shackles, threw them on a boat, and and, and, and drove the boat over to what we now know as the United States of America and put us into slavery. Beat us, whooped us, raped us, called us all sorts of derogatory, nasty names. That Prince Harry's ancestors did this. So I don't know why everyone was just so, you know, appalled like it was the most disgusting thing ever. Guys, open up a history book and pay attention. Prince Harry's ancestors, Prince William's ancestors, Kate's ancestors, the Queen's ancestors, 1619, look it up. Got went to Africa, took my native people off their land, threw them into a boat in shackles, took them to the United States, and beat and whipped and raped the hell out of them. And my people been dealing with their dealing with their crap ever since. So the idea that 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 that, that, that you know that it was that it was a that that we are just so blown out of our freaking minds that Meghan Markle wasn't treated properly by the royals. Wake the hell up and pay attention. Look look in the history and look and see who their family was. Damn. 1619. Look it up. Look at who their ancestors were. Look at that history. Have you all forgotten that? Jeez. You know, Malcolm X said the most disrespect, the most neglected slash disrespectful person is the black woman. Y'all, y'all ever heard of that quote? Was Michelle Obama 
treated treated like a queen when when Barack was president. Was she? Was she? The answer is no. The answer is no. The answer is no. So the idea that we're going to go on social media and yell and scream and just be so and be appalled out of our freaking gourd that Meghan Markle, who according to my mother, my mother told me this, who throughout her entire life has not necessarily embraced her blackness, but has essentially lived her life in America through white America, essentially identifying more with her white side than her black side. That's according to my mother who, who watched and wasted two hours of her life watching this and knows more about this bull drive than I care to learn about according to her she said she told me that Meghan Markle essentially has lived her life you know as a quote-unquote white woman in America through the eyes of white America she hasn't essentially embraced her blackness and so the one time when she essentially it's a wake-up call and the cold water hits her in the face and realize uh hey Megan, yeah, your mother is black. You, you are just as black as I, as my black ass sitting here is. Yeah, and these, yeah, the, yeah, the family you're about to marry yourself into. Yeah, they're a bunch of racist. They're a bunch of uh, snarky, snooty, uh, insecure, privileged ass, racist pieces of you know what. And you may want to think twice, and you know, before you marry into this. And 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 in case you forgot, their ancestors. Yeah, they were the reason. Yeah, they're the reason why. Essentially, they're the reason why you're from the United States and were born in the United States and not born in Kenya somewhere. They're the reason why. You know, you hear the story. Sixteen nights, and yeah, they got on a boat. You know, got uh, rounded up a whole bunch of black people and shackles, threw them on the slave boats, shipped their asses across the Atlantic Ocean, kicked them off, kicked them off, got up there, set up plantations, and while doing so, they they then killed and knocked off the Native Americans that were there first and set up there and, and, and stole the lands that they proclaimed was their own and beat and raped and, and killed the hell out of black people. Why? For the bottom dollar and for the love of money, power, wealth, and land. So the idea that, you know, we're going to, oh my God, y'all got, you got, y'all got to get lies, please, got to get lies. You, you got, you, you got to be, this is more important things to worry about on a, you know, in March in 2021 than, you know, than Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's whereabouts. Y'all got, y'all got to get lives, please, please, I'm begging you. The fact you wasted two and a half hours watching that nonsense, please, please, please. I mean, if it was that important, why didn't CBS put it on 60 Minutes? I mean, for crying out loud. Y'all get, please, you got to find something more important to talk about. Please. And again, the fact that 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 everyone was shocked about how poorly Meghan Markle was treated, do a little do a little homework on, on, on you know, on essentially the history of black women and, and how they've been treated by their white counterparts. Do a, do a little homework. And the fact that everyone is just so aghast that the royal family essentially is a bunch of entitled racist douchebags, go up again, look it up there, go back in their Their ancestors were the same racist piece of filth that took my ancestors off their native land and here to America.
So I don't understand why everyone is so shocked and just so surprisingly appalled by this. And I don't understand why people essentially wasted two hours of their time watching this. Like, like there's more important things to worry about than than whether than that Meghan Markle and Prince Harry getting married two days later before that royal wedding occurred. I did not, and 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 the fact that Americans in 2021, long long generations and a century plus after the Revolutionary War and the War of 1812, were were enough of enough of Great Britain, enough of worrying about Great Britain and the royalty and the whereabouts. It's not, no one gives a no one gives a crap about Princess Diana. No one gives a damn. I didn't give a damn when when uh, William and Kate got married in 2011. I was in the third grade. Remember, like it was yesterday. Didn't care when they got married back then. Didn't give didn't give two squirrel farts in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the woods when uh, when Harry and Meghan got married in May of 2018. Could care less. Could care less. Does it affect my life? Not, does it affect my life one way or the other? Or was I invited? Hell no. You know, especially when when those two, Megan and Megan and Harry and William and Kate and and the prince and the queen, all this other and all and all and all the royals wrapped up into one, they have as much power in England, they have much power in 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 in, in London and in in Great Britain as I do for crying out loud. They're just there, just just for show and tell. They're 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 walking. They're essentially walking statues. They're be, they're be, they're better off uh, sculpted and statued in a museum somewhere. So the American infatuation with the royal family has to stop. It has to stop, and it and it should stop. The fact that people actually give two craps about the royal family. It's damning and alarming in and of itself. And the other thing is, open up a history book, and 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 do a little work on the hist on 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 uh on on your history as far as slavery and black history and everything else is concerned before you essentially, you know, blow your minds out. Why you know because you were so uh you were so appalled. By the fact that that the royals, who again their ancestors took my ancestors from Africa, dragged them to America in in shackles off of a boat and beat them and raped them and did all sorts of inhumane things to them. Go back and do a little history work, 1619. Look it up before you start going crazy on on social media about this Meghan Markle nonsense. And for the 17 million people out there that watched it, nobody cares. Get a life, educate yourself. My goodness gracious back after this. Happy birthday to the great Robin Thicke. Blurred lines, take me higher, magic, hell of a song. Hell of a song. Um, switching gears now to um, 
something that uh, transpired within the last uh, day or so. Myers Leonard, a uh, player for the Miami Heat, uh, said, you know, these with these uh, nincompoops, you know, streaming on streaming on their asinine little Twitch platforms, playing the dopey video game, uh, you know, uh, said an anti-Semitic uh, slur, which I'm not even going to bother to repeat because it is not my position to repeat it. They, you know, same thing if it was the N-word, I'd come out on here and say, you know, and I'd quote it and I'd say nigger or nigger in a heartbeat, but that's not my place to say. Um, came out and spewed an anti-Semitic slur when he was playing Call of Duty on Twitch. Um, you know, this is a player that caught much heat because he stood in the national anthem while the rest of his teammates kneeled. I'm not going to get into that because um, it's just too damn exhausting. And I don't feel like just going through it. I mean, you know where I stand as far as that national anthem is concerned, but took a lot of heat for it. Um, he isn't playing for the rest of the season. He was out for the rest of the season due to injury. Um, I think he's going to be a free agent after this year. They don't have to, uh, France, they have a option that it looks like that the, uh, that the heat won't exercise. Um, of course you all remember, I came out on here and I screamed and yelled to the heavens, uh, about Deshaun Jackson, um, you know, and, and I would scream and I would scream and yell about this, uh, for one re you know, but I'm not going to for one reason only is because I don't want to essentially wreck my voice after I just got finished yelling and screaming about Meghan Markle. But the point I made with the Sean Jackson still remains here with this one. You know, you can't, you know, with the selective equality thing, you know, I, I'd sure as hell call out uh, racism against black people and other minorities when I see it. And I'll be damn sure to call out uh, bull jive when it happens against my uh, Jewish brothers and sisters as well. And I keep that same energy. I try to make sure I stay consistent on that because hate is hate. And because hate is hate and... Uh, and bigotry is bigotry. There's just no way around it. And you can't, and, uh, and the, and the half-assed, uh, excuse-filled apology that he gave, well, I didn't know about the, well, you're 29 years old, okay, wake the hell, wake the, you, you think people are going to fall for that, and it's, and it's not just with Myers Leonard, it's with anyone that gets caught with their hand in the cookie jar when they say something uh, hateful out of their mouth that they had no business saying, and they get caught for it, I hate it, I, and it's, again, it's not just him, so to be fair, he's not, he's not the, uh, only, he's not the first offender on this, but I'm about, I'm sick and tired of hearing people sit up here and say, well, and people say, well, I didn't know that the word was harmful or disrespectful or hateful. I, or I didn't know the meaning of that word. Or I didn't know. I didn't know. They always, they always love to, they always love to play the, the ignorant card. Look, you're a grown ass man with responsibilities, been through college, been through elementary school, been through middle school. You, you, you know, you're knocking on 30, you know, you're not 19, you're not Tyler Hero's age, which you give a, you know, if you wanted to give a break, you could, you could find a way a little bit because, you know, he, he's, he's young, he's a young adult in, in a sort of way. And we've all done things in our 18, 19, 20 year old lives that we are not proud of, but he's, 
300 whatever days away from being in his 30s. In his 30, there's more 30, he's closer to his 30s than he is in his 20s being 29. You're 29 years old. You know, some things that should be cut and dry and you should know and not know and you should do and not do. You know, you can I'm so sick and tired of what people, they play that ignorance card. You know, good, you know, good damn well what you were doing. You know, and 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 it, and it shows how much of a fake and a phony that you are, because you sit up here and whenever and it's like whenever people, it's whenever you know white people sit inward, you know they 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 typically on the front and on the back of it, in between in between the N word, they they typically not in most cases, but typically they put cuss words, f f in or 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 or. The B word, a cuss word comes before and or after, you know, it's, you know, it's the same. They got the N word in the middle and they got the cuss word on the front end, the back end or both. So, and he said, and if you go back and look at the quote, he, and watch the video, he said, he said it with such a, that is his first time doing that. See, when you're at home, you can put your guard up. You know, you do things at home and in the comfort of your own home that you don't do when you're in front of other people or in a public setting or, or you know, when you're not at home in your in your quote-unquote uh, environment or ha- or quote-unquote habitat. So he knew he knew what he was doing. He put when he put those cuss words around it. So uh, well, I didn't know. Well, damn it, my parents taught me something that stick with me up until this day. You have no business saying you have no business saying words or saying things that you don't know the meaning of. Partly for that, not only because you look, not only because in general you look like a dumbass when you do, but also for that in, for that instance right there, so you don't get yourself in trouble. And and, and if okay, if he wants to play ignorance, okay, fine, let's play the ignorance card just for the sake of conversation. If he doesn't know, then he puts his hand in a cookie jar and he gets caught saying something like that to the point where it's going to cost him his job with the Miami Heat. You know, with his, with you know, whose, you know, whose owner is an Israelite and who is, and who's Jewish his damn self. So it's, you know, I, I'm so sick and tired when these, when these people pull the ignorance card. Oh my goodness gracious, you didn't know my ass. My goodness gracious, you're a full-on adult. You know, good and damn well what you were doing. Sick, stop with the excuses and these half-ass, with these half-ass baked, bull, with these half-ass bull drive apologies. I'm so, not just with him, but with everyone that gets their hand caught in the cookie jar saying something like that. Well, I didn't know, oh my goodness gracious, with the excuses. Oh my, enough, shut up, please. Don't insult my, that I think is worse because you're actually insulting our intelligence by trying to make us think that you had no idea what, what your original intent was. So, you know, and when it comes to whether, you know, he's not, he's not going to play, he's not going to play anymore this season anyway. And you say, well, he just cut him, cut him, cut him. Well, again, if you're, if you're a Jew and you say, again, I am not in the right, and it's not my place for, for, you know, to decide whether or not they should do with them. If they cut them, I won't shed a tear for them. And if they keep them simply to, if they keep them, if they just suspend them indefinitely from the team and essentially keep them on the roster, quote-unquote, for basketball purposes, if that's what the Heat wants to do, the owner, who is Jewish himself, if he feels that way, then I can't argue with it because if there's anyone that's offended, it's it's his boss who happens to be a member of of the of group of people who he insulted. So, 
you know, it's not like it's not like a Steven Jackson thing where it's, you know, where he's on television and it's right down, you know, where it's and you just cut him, cut your losses and just say goodbye. You know, it where you know, where this guy, you know, he apparently he was injured, wasn't gonna play the rest of the season. And so and if they wanna essentially use him to again, not my place to say whether it's right or wrong, but if the Heat organization feels comfortable with doing that, I'll support it. And if they feel comfortable telling him to go to hell and you know, and they end up cutting him, I'll be in support of that too. But it, but from a heat, when it comes to whether or not what the heat do in a certain situation, there's no right or wrong answer to this. They suspended him indefinitely from the team, and he was never going to play again. You know, and it's not like well, you can't make the argument. Well, well, you know, well, you know, with the Heat franchise, and well, you, we can't play that card because it's being unfair. The Heat, the the rest of the the rest of the Heat organization that does not share the same ideologies and have that same thoughts in his head towards Jews as as uh, this guy does, they should not be held responsible. You know, this guy, his kids are grown. His kids are grown man. You can't contradict. You can't contradict yourself saying, "Well, well, he's twenty nine years old. He should know better. Grown man, he should know better." And then at the same time, and then at the same time, you know, convict the convict the Heat and 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 and, and throw shame towards the Miami Heat organization. You know, because because he happens to be, uh, he happens to have a roster spot on that team. You, you think why why because because it's unfair and it's illogical because it's like what you think the you think the Heat owner who is Jewish himself loves the idea that that the player that he's paying his money, his his that's paying hit that that Heat that the you no know, he he signs his paycheck. And he insulted a member of the community that he happens to be a part of. You think he liked it? And and why? And the I you know, and he, he obviously doesn't endorse it. So why should the reputation of Miami Heat and the and the ownership and a hierarchy that why should that be tarnished because of what he said? He's a you know, you kill him, you can kill him, and absolutely so kill him being a grown adult should be responsible for his own actions. Well, he should be responsible for his own actions. He should have to carry the burden of saying that word on that live stream. Not the Miami Heat organization. The Miami Heat organization has has absolutely nothing to do with it. Nothing. And the owner and they should not be, you know, they then you know they have to take action because you know you can't have this guy suiting up on your team next year, obviously. But it's not like that. The, it's not like that he did it. He it's not like he did it because he was motivated by the he organization to do it. His 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 main his head 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 boss is Jewish. Why why would why would a Jewish man have a culture of anti-Semitism within within his own company? Doesn't make any sense. So and and again, he was injured. It's not like he's going to play anyway. Whether and this is just in my opinion, whether he gets cut, he still you know when you get fired, you get paid. They give you a final paycheck on your way out the door. So it honestly doesn't matter whether they cut him or whether they essentially suspend him indefinitely from the team, and he still and he, and he gets paid that way. He wasn't playing. He wasn't playing for the Miami Heat for the rest of the 2020-2021 season. So. So you can't, so, 
and 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 it shouldn't be any rush for the Heat. I shouldn't say any rush, but it shouldn't be like what well, the Heat have to immediately separate themselves from this man because you know because the culture and the image of the the owner's Jewish. So obviously the culture of anti-Semitism isn't going to be within a team ran by a man who is a part of the who's a part of a group of people that his player insulted. It's just, it's just you know it's 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 not logical and it and it and it ma- and it makes no sense. You know he you know he that that burden of what he said on that live stream falls on him, not the Heat organization. Jimmy Jimmy Butler, Bam out of bio, Eric Spoelstra, Pat Riley, uh, uh, Tyler Hero. They're not they're not responsible. They're not responsible, nor should they necessarily have to suffer for. Uh, for um what's his face uh for for his for um for uh his name well he's a nothing he's you know i'm gonna call his name for myers leonard's for myers leonard's uh actions he's a he's a he's a grown-ass man you 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 know you sleep in you you made your bed you lay in it that burden falls on him and him alone the heat organization Riley, the owner, Spolster, the head coach, Jimmy Butler, Adebayo, Hero. They they should not have to carry that burden, nor should that burden be on them. For for what Myers Leonard said, because if he said it all the time, he would have this would have been a bigger story a long time ago. But the fact that he said it within his own home in the confines of his own house on his own Twitch live stream broadcast falls on him. Jimmy Butler out of bio, the Heat organization, that's not, this has nothing to do with the Heat organization. Nothing to do. He's, again, why would a Jewish owner have a culture of anti-Semitism within his own organization? Doesn't make any sense. And why should his teammates, his coach, Riley, why should they have to suffer and pay the consequences and and have to carry the burden of Myers asinine decision making. They shouldn't, because because it's not because it's not because it's not fair to them. They weren't the ones that said it on, and and were caught saying it on the live stream. That was Leonard's choice, not Riley's, not Spolstra's, not Spolstra's coach, not out of bio, not Butler, not Hero. None of those guys. Burden falls on him. You can't, because you can't say he's a grown man. He should know better, you know, and and bring that up when it comes to, and rightfully so, slam his quote unquote apology. But then send the bur- but then at, but then speak out of both sides of your mouth and say, well, it falls in the Miami Heat organization and his teammates and this, that, and the other. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. He made that choice. He's full grown ass adult. With his own brain, with his own soul, with his own frame of mindset, it was him. No, no one, no one pinned Myers Leonard, you know, down to the ground with a gun to his head, telling him to say that word. He made it, and that choice for him to say that word came within himself, in his mind. Not Pat Riley's, not his coach, not his teammates. It was him. And. The Heat organization as a whole, and 
Riley and the owner and his teammates should not they their character should not be assassinated and they shouldn't be uh and they shouldn't have to carry the burden of Myers Leonard's actions. They shouldn't. Not fair to them and and it's and you're contradicting yourself. But whether the Heat decide to cut him, you know, hold on to him to the end of the season, just suspend him indefinitely for the rest of the season, and then trade that's totally up to them. And whatever they do, regardless, I'd be okay with it. I'd be, I, you know, they cut him, fine, keep on to him, just suspend him indefinitely, and, and get rid of him at season's end, fine. He, he did. He did. He didn't offend my group of people. He. 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 That. That was. That was. That's. That's the Jewish community who he insulted. Not. 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 Not the. Uh, not the uh, African American community. But that's. Uh, that's my two cents on the matter. Hope you enjoyed the show as we've come toward its end of another. That's another episode. Excuse me. Of the Amitelaki Tiyas podcast. If you enjoyed the show. And uh, brand new to the show, please subscribe. Be greatly appreciated. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore is And the show on Instagram at Amatel underscore podcast. It's your boy Josh Shields signing off. Talk to you Saturday. See ya. Y'all take care.